How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a while since I have uh, been active. Um, just kind of trying to get back on my feet, getting back to work, all that good stuff. No one cares, of course, about that. All y'all care about is the fights, and that's all I'm worried about today. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's get started. We finally got some UFC action uh, back in the books. We've been back in since uh, about a, m- a little over a month now. Almost two. Damn, it's almost been two months already since UFC's been back. I don't know about you guys, but that makes me super excited. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. Um, probably one of the wildest things we saw over the weekend, other than uh, the Poirier uh, um, Dan Hooker fight, was uh, that giant bet that was placed on Kay Hansen. First fight in the UFC already has a $37,000 bet placed on her. Absolutely fucking insane. She did look good, though. Kay Hansen is a. Uh, 20 years old. She's only been training for about four or five years now. Uh, this is her first fight in the UFC. Uh, she looked absolutely great. Uh, finished her fight, second round armbar. Um, definitely somebody gonna, we're probably going to look out for. Um, the girl, the lady she fought uh, was much older. I believe had a lot more experience than her as well. She was 37 uh, years old and Kay being 20, you know, a 17 year age gap there. Um, but yeah, she looked great, and hopefully the guy that uh, cashed in on that ticket uh, is happy. I know uh, Kay posted on her Instagram she uh, met the guy at the Las Vegas airport on the way out, so uh, that was pretty cool to see. Um, and then we had a big, two big heavyweights, big knockout, one of the only knockouts that we had um, of the night. Uh, Tanner Bozer just absolutely rocked Felipe Lentz with that overhand right and finished it with strikes on the way down. Um, this is Tanner Bozer's third fight in the UFC. Um, he's two and one now, uh, two knockouts, I believe. No, one knockout, one decision. I apologize. Um, but uh, he looked really good. He's a, for a heavyweight, he's uh, pretty light. Um, I know the broadcast team was at, uh, wondering if like maybe he could drop down to 205 and fight there. Um, uh, but, uh, he quickly shut that down when he, uh, did the post-fighter interview and was upset that people keep asking him to lose all that weight, which I uh, definitely understand. It's He's like, it's not hard. It's not easy just to lose 35 pounds, which he's right. But uh, he looked great in there. I mean, Felipe also came in underweight as well. They both, I think, came in at 235 or 236, somewhere around there. Uh, but uh, Tanner is a big, strong, athletic heavyweight. Um, He could be one of the next guys that we see uh, – come up in that heavyweight division we're seeing a lot of new talent i mean we obviously we saw jarzinho rosenstrike obviously he got knocked out versus nganu but um just guys like that that are just big athletic dudes and we saw curtis blades this weekend last weekend as well he looked great against uh over who did he fucking fight god damn it um volkov alexander volkov he looked great against him uh it's good to see starting to see a. Uh, the heavyweight division isn't just a bunch of fat guys, and I think that's why the UFC doesn't have a like a super heavyweight division because it's it, 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 it's like yeah it's heavyweight people get upset you know oh why, why do they have to why is there a weight limit you don't see when you see guys out of three fifty fighting I mean go watch Pride how much fun is that it's it's fun but it's not it's not high level mixed martial arts um. But yeah, he's not moving down. He looks great. He looked great against Felipe Lins. Hit him with that big overhand right, as I said. And then, God, he just bounced his head off the canvas with a couple more big strikes after he was already out. 
don't ever like seeing that. I still wish the UFC would replace the. I mean, the canvas material is fine, but uh, I don't know if there's any give to that canvas at all. It looks like there kind of is, but I'd like to see some sort of like wrestling mat. I mean, we all train on on wrestling mats in the gym. I don't know why there's not a a softer surface to kind of cushion those uh those falls when those guys do take a uh, big knockouts. Um, another fun one. I was super excited for this one. Uh, Kama Worthy versus Luis Pena. And it looked like Luis Pena, he was getting the better from the, uh, of Kama Worthy. The entire fight uh, was dominating the grappling exchanges, was looking good on the feet. Uh, Kama Worthy is just coming off a big UFC. I mean, I think they said UFC debut. I don't think it, it was his debut in his last fight. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, the biggest betting underdog win of uh, the year so far. When I can't remember who he knocked out, but he knocked somebody out in the first round fairly quickly coming off. Uh, I think he had fought like two weeks prior. Well, it looked absolutely sensational. Uh, but Luis was getting out-grappled. I mean, sorry, Luis was out-grappled, was dominating the entire fight um, up until the point in the third round when Kama Worthy just uh, latched on that... Uh, was it a Rune? No, guillotine. Just Luis took him down, just got caught, got under the chin. Um, but Kama Worthy is a, a lot of fun to watch fight. You know that fight didn't show it justice, but uh, he is probably, in my opinion, one of the next guys we're going to see come up in that lightweight division. I don't know if he normally fights at 45. I know uh, Pena has fought at 45 in the past, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But uh, that was that fight was at lightweight. But um, that also that also um, was a good. I know uh, Pena lost, but I thought he, sh he was a very good performance. I mean, absolutely dominant. I mean, every once in a while you get caught. I think that's one of his. He's only lost twice now in the UFC. He's looked great up until this point, and even even this fight he looked wonderful. Uh, so I'm excited to see him. Both these guys, um, hopefully in the near future, they didn't take a whole lot of damage, and a lot of guys are doing quick turnarounds right now just to get fights because they have been out for so long. But uh, fun, fun to watch. Definitely two guys you're going to want to keep on your radar in the future. Uh, Luis Pena and Kamar Worthy. Um, and then a fight I actually predicted. Um, I had seen uh, Takashi Soto. I think I'm saying that right. Sato, maybe. Um, fight in the past. He uh, has a TKO win against Ben Saunders. He's a deceptive 170. He doesn't look like he would fight at 170. He looks more of a 155-er. Uh, but I'm sure in person he's a lot bigger. Um, but he uh, knocked out uh, Jason Witt in 47 seconds. Um, but yeah, it looks sensational. Uh, he's now 2-1 uh, and one in the UFC. Like I just mentioned, has another uh, TKO win versus Ben Saunders. So uh, should be a, another guy that we're going to watch here in the future. One thing I do like about all these fight cards is we're seeing a lot of like newer, newer talent coming up because they're just they have a lot of guys that are taking short notice fights that are like hey you want to fight next week i know this is your first fight in the ufc but we got a you know so and so you want to fight him um we're seeing a, just a lot 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 of that uh, new guys coming in a lot of new talent a lot of good fun and a lot one of the, another one of the weirder things that happened uh this card I don't know if you guys saw the Maurice Green submission versus Gon, Gon Vellante. I think I'm saying Gon, John Gon. I don't know how to say his fucking name. Um, super interesting. Gon Vellante. I'm going to say his fuck. I can't say Gon. It doesn't sound right. 
gone. Like, he's fucking out of here. But uh, I'm going to say Vellante from now on. Anyway, Vellante was dominating that entire fight. Uh, Maurice Green had a... I think had some... It looked like to me he had some success in that first round. I gave the first round to Green. I could be wrong. I'm not great at judging. I, I'm i terrible at it. But uh, I had uh, Green winning that first round. And then uh, Vellante was just dominating uh, Green from that point forward. Um, knocked him down. And that's how they actually got to the ground in that third round. And then uh, he sub- Green submitted Vellante with like a, like a weird modified almost an Ezekiel choke. They called it an arm triangle, but it was from the bottom, which was weird in half guard. I don't know how there could have been a lot of uh, pressure there, but uh, I think uh, it looked like Volante was just tired. That's what the commentators were saying that he probably it wasn't he probably wasn't not able to breathe from the choke. He wasn't he wasn't breathing well anyway. He was exhausted, so just probably that little more air circulation that was cut off. Um, just forced him to tap. I couldn't breathe any longer. And then we got a. Uh, your, your boy, not Eric Anders, not your boy Eric Anders, but uh, Mr. Mike Platinum Perry, causing a lot of arguments in the mixed martial arts world and the houses of fighters in the UFC and other organizations alike when you have your, your girlfriend corner you and uh, she's got no martial arts experience. He said she uh, wrestled in high school, so... That's cool, I guess, dude. <laughs> um, but had no other cornermen, just just his girl. Nobody else. I don't know if you saw the videos, but she's back there. He's hitting mitts with her. All five foot one of her, holding them way above her head because she he's so much taller. She's such a tiny individual. But uh, fuck, who am I to say otherwise? He looked good. Mike Perry looked absolutely amazing. Um, one of the weirder things was Mickey Gall, you would think, would have the advantage in the grappling department. And he was the one landing the bigger uh, strikes on Mike Perry. Um, Gall's striking looks like it's improved tenfold, in my opinion. And... Uh, Mike Perry was getting the better of the grappling exchanges. He was the one initiating it. He was going, he was clinching up with him, and he suplexed him almost at one point. <laughs> Took his back and turned him over and slammed him, and almost submitted him there in the second round. Looks like he had a choke in there for a minute. Ended up not getting it. Um, the only um, thing Mickey Gall I think was even close to was uh, he had his head in a guillotine at one point that looked pretty tight looked like it was under the chin but Perry just so goddamn strong was able to just muscle out of it and also Mike Perry cut a goddamn great promo he's mad at the tax man he's gotta go see him Can't he can't wild out but um, he landed a couple big overhand rights nothing, impre- nothing that was super impressive on the feet which was it's weird with Mike Perry because you usually see um some pretty good he has pretty good Muay Thai usually and that could have been a factor too he didn't have his coaches telling him what combos to throw so he's probably just going with his uh his go-to's you know jab cross hooks overhands um that could have been that could have been it but uh Mike Perry's grappling is improved 
so much, man. I mean, to I mean, Mickey Gall is a high-level jujitsu black belt who is known for just taking people's backs and strangling them, and he wasn't able to do that at all with Mike Perry. Just too. I don't know if it's just Mike Perry is too strong for him, or he's really improved that much on the ground. But um, that was a it was a really fun fight. Both these guys stock go up after this fight. I know Mickey Gall lost, but uh, people just tend to see him as uh, a grappler, and we saw that he was much. He's much more than that now, and he's a dangerous dangerous striker as well. It looked like he rocked Mike Perry with a couple of those. So I'm excited to see where these guys go in the future. Maybe we'll see more fighters girlfriends corner them. <laughs> I don't know how much I would care for that. I know I don't fight, but that'd be so weird to have my girl in the corner and no coaches <laughs> at all. But uh Mike said he wanted to go down training uh Florida with uh Yoel Romero. He said he's going to do that. I think that would that would be awesome to see him train with Yoel. Just two savages. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where these guys fight next. I don't know what what's next for these two, but uh, I thought, in my opinion, Mike Perry beat Vicente Luque. So hopefully they throw Mike Perry another top fifteen guy sometime soon, because uh, he looked he's looked great in his last three fights, except for Jeff Neal. He ran into that head kick, but other than that, he's looked sensational. Um, and then just absolutely astonishing performance this weekend in the main event. Uh, Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier just put on an absolutely, not just a striking clinic, but a, just a complete high-level mixed martial arts fight. That is one of the best fights I have seen in a long time. I think it's that and and Joanna versus uh, Weili Zhang are absolute two incredible fight two two fight of the year candidates for sure i mean no other fight even comes close in my opinion um for those two i mean they would just go back and forth and back and forth um every time hooker would catch poirier poirier would get rocked and stumbled and then poirier would come back with a big right or left hand that would stumble dan hooker and they were just it's at one point a little like goddamn rock'em sock'em robots um but poirier obviously just ended up getting better in the gra- in the wrestling not so much the grappling exchanges but the uh the wrestling exchanges were the big the big difference here Poirier is just a much stronger wrestler and uh just his ch- I mean he's been he's been there before he's been five I don't he's been five rounds before that was uh Hooker's second uh, second five round fight um Hooker's been in there with uh high level guys he's fought he knocked out Gilbert Burns I was there for that fight um and Gilbert is now fighting in welterweight for the welterweight title um, in a couple weeks against Usman. If that uh, shows you at all how uh, good uh, uh, what's his name Hooker is. I mean he's he's knocked out James Vick. He lost to Edson Barbosa. He knocked out Gilbert Burns. Went five round. Went five hard rounds with Paul Felder in a controversial um, decision win there, but. Another fight where both these guys' stock go up. And Poirier really made a statement. He's he's lost, like, I think three or four fights in, in, the, in the UFC total. He lost, he's lost to Connor. He's lost to Khabib. Everyone loses to Khabib. He's lost to... Who else did he lose against? Michael Johnson. I think those are the only three fights he's lost in the UFC. 
and he was looking to get that one back against uh, Khabib. He went out there. He, I think he fought a very, very good fight. If you go back and watch that fight, he did, Khabib really didn't dominate him, uh, didn't dominate Poirier the way Khabib usually dominates his opponents. I mean, yeah, he took him down. He ground and pounded him. He, um, he was taken. He was taken down for most of the fight, but he didn't get like absolutely wrecked. It was, it was a. Uh, it was like he was Khabib was just like one step ahead of Poirier the whole time. He wasn't he wasn't twenty steps like he is against some of these guys. Um but I don't I don't know what, what you do next with Poirier now. If I mean he looks that good against Hooker, I mean maybe you do you do him and Tony. That's a fun fight. Where you do him and the winner of Khabib and Gaethje. I mean you could easily put him right back in there. Where if Connor wants to come back, that's a great fight. Him and Poirier, that makes sense for Connor as well. But I just don't know what you do with Poirier. And there's a lot, of, and, then, and then there's a lot of fun fights for uh, Dan Hooker when he's when he's ready to come back as well. Um, any of those guys in the top five, you could give him. I mean, you could have gave him the shot against. I mean, he looked fucking phenomenal. Um, and and Poirier. I, I thought I thought Dan Hooker was going to win this fight because Poirier is usually the only guys he ever has problems with are guys that are just a little longer than him, long strikers. But uh, he didn't have any problem. He's been boxing a lot. Um, that that seems to be his, at least in his train, like in his like in the UFC countdowns and um, stuff like that that he that you see. It seems like his own most of his striking is boxing based, and usually I don't think he trains a lot of Muay Thai. Or maybe a lot of kickboxing. At least I, I don't think. I don't know. It doesn't seem that way. But it, it really it really showed that, that boxing training is helping. He's able to get inside more with his hands. Uh, his head movement looked absolutely fantastic. And just an absolutely fun fight. Um, fight of the year candidate for sure. Fun to watch. Um I don't have a long podcast for y'all today. I got a couple more things to talk about. Um, Wednesdays will be, uh, sorry, not Wednesdays. I probably won't be back for another week. So next Mondays will be a lot better. We'll break down um, the fight, one of the fights from Fight Island. Um, I just, let me just tell you guys what what we have coming up. The fights on Fight Island, July eleventh. The third, the the fourth fight. Sorry, excuse me. The third fight. Is it the third fight? I, th- I don't know how many main card fights there are. I think there's only four. So the second fight on the main card, July 11th, the first fight on Fight Island, is Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo for the vacant Bantamweight title. How fucking insane is that? There are three title fights on this card. You got, you, you're going to go from Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo to Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky too, which the first one was absolutely bonkers. And then you're going to go right from that to Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns for the main event. An absolutely insane card. Insane. I don't know if you guys have seen the picture Dana White posted of, on Fight Island. It, it, it's outside, which is absolutely insane. I don't know if that was just like a gimmick. They're going to do promotions there and be like, oh, look, Fight Island. Look how fucking cool. It's on the ocean. Or if, if that's where they're actually fighting. If so, that's going to be insane to see. And then you got the next Wednesday, the 15th, 
you got Dan Ige, who just who just fought Edson Barbosa, and I thought beat Edson Barbosa, and uh, Calvin Cater, who is, in my opinion, going to be a champion either this year or in 2021. You could easily see him fight the winner of Volkanovski versus um, Holloway. You could easily put him up in that conversation. I know you still have Yair Rodriguez and Zabit, but you could easily you could easily put him right there. And then the next Saturday after that, the 18th, you got Joseph Benavidez and Davidson Figueroa for the um, vacant flyweight title. I know they've already fought and Figueroa knocked them out in the second round. An absolutely brutal knockout, by the way. If you guys haven't seen that, I suggest you guys go back and watch that. It's absolutely insane. But Figueroa didn't make the weight, so he wasn't eligible to win the title. So now they got to fight again. It's going to be an interesting fight there. We'll break that card down as well. And then you got Darren Till, who looks, I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram lately, looks absolutely shredded. He's huge at 185. He was huge at 170. This dude's probably going to have to cut weight, a lot more weight almost. It seems like he's so big. He probably weighs 205 pounds, but he's probably going to get down to 185. Versus Robert Whitaker, who's, uh, this will be his first fight since losing to Adesanya. Um, I think that was only like seven or eight months ago. But absolutely insane cards um, on Fight Island. I'm not going to tell you guys who else is fighting on those cards. We'll break those down uh, when we come to it. But four fantastic fight cards uh, next month in July. Uh, But I'm excited to be back, guys. It's excited to talk to you all again. I know it's been a while, but we got all these fights coming up. So we'll be plenty, plenty of content Uh, to get out to you guys but that's all i have for you guys today we will uh end this now um i'm on oh yeah i am on spotify now i'm on anchor you can watch on anchor podcast spotify i'm on a bunch of other sites as well i can't let's see where is it let me get to it real quick i sorry guys but um I'm excited to be with Anchor. Um, it's an awesome podcasting hosting site. They're not paying me to say this. I don't have any sponsors. Um, I'm on seven platforms. I'm on Anchor, uh, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. So any of those platforms. Or if I think I'm on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, so all those platforms are up. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We will see you. Um, next Monday uh, for the Fight Island card breakdown for uh, UFC 251. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a good one.